Um, my cat has demanded to be in the room with me and is like losing his mind if I try and shut him out. So there's random cat meows. There isn't oh, a cat. Good. That's fine. Cats are always welcome. <sighs> so it's been kind of funny because the more I've talked about this movie so far with people, the more I find to criticize about it. And yet I still feel happy and like I liked it. That happened with um, Cam and I when we did Halloween. We both left that movie like, you know, it wasn't too bad. I really liked it. But then we talked about it more and more on here. And we were just like, you know what? This movie sucks. But that's the thing is, is like, even though when I start talking about it and things that I don't, I was like, oh, you know, I'm kind of in the middle about this. Or I don't think this was done well. Or I didn't like this. Like, at the core of it, I'm very happy with it. So it's like, even though we're, I'm probably going to complain more than I'm going to compliment, I still really liked it. Yeah. There was only one one jump scare that really got me though. But I'll save uh, that no. for the for when we get there. Uh, but there's only I one. I'm say. surprised. I'm really proud of myself that I was like ready for all of them except one. See, there was one that I knew was I knew it was coming and it still got me, I'm gonna assume, <laughs> just because it was really loud. Like I knew it was coming, I was prepared for it, and then I was like, shit, I still jumped. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really gonna be curious to hear which one it is for you. Okay. So, um, I All right, just, so, if we're gonna if we're gonna really start this, we need to do a spoiler warning. This oh, is yeah, I, full on spoilerific, every detail, every everything. So, if you're gonna see the movie, yeah. f off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I'll say probably for the book as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because we'll be we'll be making comparisons and and talking about that stuff too. Which which to be fair. I'd say it's about ninety percent translated, ish. Mm, I don't really feel like I'm comfortable naming a percentage yet. <laughs> I think I need to see it one more time. Although yeah, we I'm got glad I saw the it movie and time. I immediately turned on it, Chapter One. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, we did that before uh, before we went and saw. Well, I watched two. it like a week ago, but then as soon as we came home, I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm just gonna put this on in the background." Yeah. Need it? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's the only logical thing. You got to recover. Yeah, for sure. And and we'll get into that. Okay, so let, let's start with the adult cast and how we feel about that. Um, I mean, initially, uh, well, I mean, I was definitely ecstatic about the obvious choice of Bill Hader, okay. which um, is, in my opinion, and almost looks unanimous is the mvp of this movie i'm gonna disagree okay i, I enjoyed we'll him a lot that. i thought he was fantastic casting i i like bill Hader a lot he makes me laugh um and i think he did a great performance like no denying that but in my yeah. opinion the best casting was james james Renson as adult eddie oh yeah that like was that was uh their mannerisms definitely. and the way they yeah. talked and like the Oh my god, his character was so funny. Like, there was this weird, like, super awkward humor that came out of his character. Like, my um, my husband is not a horror movie person, but he did go with me. And then his friend was with us for the weekend, and he went too. And, like, those two were just cracking up about Eddie. Like, everything that guy did, they were laughing. Yeah. And I, 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 I've never seen him before in anything, so. I haven't either. And he was just so, his, his delivery was like, I'm like, is he a bad actor it's just an intentional choice and then the farther we got along the more it was an intentional choice and like i could see 
like he was really Eddie of the book to me. Yeah. Like not just like he, he was a good like visual of young Eddie to adult Eddie, but like how I, I felt that character as an adult in the book was so perfect. I even thought he did look a lot like, Oh, I think um, so too. But Jack Dylan Grazer. Yeah. 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 There's definitely similarities. Uh, another good surprise for me, um, was Isaiah Mustafa as Mike. Um, I feel like they didn't, they definitely underplayed Mike in the, in chapter one and in this one, but, uh, with what he was given, I, I was surprised he did a really good job. Yeah, I think he did too. I know, I don't know, I'm not sure that I liked how crazy they made him seem because I don't think Mike Hanlon of even the old miniseries or the book was ever crazy, like, or unhinged. He was yeah. just sad and desperate. You know, yeah, that's true. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing was, is I feel like a lot of the changes that were made to Mike's story and character. And I don't think this was conscious, but there's there's a little bit of like racism going on here. Um, oh, yeah. Because if you look, if you remember in the book, like the two people with the most stable family lives were Richie and Mike. What was the mm-hmm. purpose that was genuinely served in taking away Mike's backstory of his dad being the one who gets him interested in dairy history like why did that have to be ben's story why does he suddenly have to have like druggy parents who died in a fire which one takes away the whole black spot mythology which was really disappointing but then also be this like violent unloving family background and then i mean i think they wanted to make him almost seem like he was you know also a user and like, that really bothered me. I feel like not only did they, you know, we we didn't see any of Mike, you know, searching for an artifact or reliving that summer, even though he does remember, like, we don't get to see him do anything. I mean, it's it's almost like having, it, you know, Stephen King gets a lot of crap for doing, like, the, um, like the, the black person, uh, not spirit guide, what's the term that they use? Um, like, the magical black person who guides people on oh. the journey or whatever. And they totally yeah. took a character who wasn't that into that. So I think Mike, great casting, most disappointing translation from book to screen. Yeah, like I said, even in the first one, they gave him nothing, nothing to do. And Chosen Jacobs is amazing. There's other stuff yeah. that I've seen him in that I have really enjoyed him. Um, oh, wow. And I it was so disappointing Cause like, I, I think the first thing I saw him in was it. And then I saw him in other things and I was like, Oh my gosh, like they just wasted this kid. You know, it was really disappointing. I don't think I've seen him in anything else, but I, I may have. Um, I love, um, procedural cop shows. Uh, mm-hmm. and he's, uh, a minor character on Hawaii five Oh, but the oh, wow. storylines he gets to play are just fantastic. And I've enjoyed them a lot. He's got, he's got some good singers as his character he's one of the (laughs) one of the other detectives sons who dates one of the other detectives daughters and that relationship is just shenanigans and hilarious Um, Uh, so he's also got pretty good comic timing and you never get to see it yeah and apparently he's a singer as well he has music on spotify on spotify yeah oh i'm gonna check that out yeah let's all go listen to chosen jacobs on spotify i know right (laughs) how do you feel about jay Uh, ryan um again he was someone else i had never heard of and haven't seen him in anything um do you think he was too good looking to be adult ben because that's one of the complaints i've seen from a lot of 
particularly from other male podcasters, is like, he's too good looking. He's too good looking. I'm like, really? I think initially when I didn't see anything from the movie, I just saw him as himself. I kind of kind of thought that um i was like oh wow like they're kind of leaning pretty hard on the whole him losing weight and being uh you know better looking as he got older but um you know seeing him in the movie and he actually <laughs> like his facial structure almost looks a lot like right Jeremy the, dimple, Taylor. the shape of their eyes all the way even yeah even just certain expressions he does you're just kind of like holy shit he looks he does just yeah. look like Jeremy ray taylor a little bit so yeah I mean, you know, it it does happen, kids. And it's not like that, you know, just because that little kid is, you know, kind of heavy doesn't mean like he's not a good looking kid or anything. It's just, he's just heavy is all, you know. So who knows what's underneath those layers. Yeah. Um, For anyone that is interested in seeing more of J. Ryan being hot, um, (laughs) the CW show Beauty and the Beast, he is the beast. Um, Mm. He's, you know, a genetically modified um, soldier who then like gets rescued by, I always call her Lana Lang because that's where she was on Smallville. I can't even think of her real name right now. Uh, Kristen Crook. Yes. Um, it's the two of them, very attractive main, main characters. But if you want more Jay Ryan and you want him being all growly and romantic, like that's it all the way. Watch Beauty and the Beast. It lasts me after season two, I'll admit. So I have no idea how the show ends and if it's disappointing or not, but the first two seasons are great. <laughs> he, is it just his good looks or is he a lot younger than everybody else in the movie? Cause he looks like he's barely entering his 30s, whereas everyone else is like, in their 40s. Yeah, or solidly into their 30s. I don't know. Let's look him up. Yeah, because that was the other thing that kind of bugged me. I was like, he looks... Maybe it's just his good looks, but he looks he does look younger so much than younger the than the rest. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because he was born in 1981, so he's he's mid-30s. Okay. Um. But like McAvoy think- and Chastain are heading towards 40, aren't they? Uh, they might even be like in their in- early 40s yeah. right now. Okay, so that's who we have left to talk about, right? Oh, well, I do want to say, despite his small amount of screen time, I think the visual casting of Stan was also fantastic. Yeah, see, he was another one. Uh, I've never, never seen heard him of him, never seen him. He, yeah, he looks and... like if young Stan and Alan Cumming had a baby. Yeah, I can see that. There's something, there's something uh, about Alan Cumming in his facial structure that I just could not not see. Um, but I think yeah, they looked really like, too. Yeah, initially, I didn't think so either, but as soon as you see him on screen and he starts actually... Yeah. Um, you know, doing stuff. I'm like, oh man, like he really does look yeah. a lot like Stan. Yeah, I was really and, impressed with that. Yeah, I mean, it just. I mean, we all knew if, well, if you've read the book or seen the miniseries, you knew full well you weren't going to get but one scene with him. So yeah, um, which there's yeah. another scene, but we'll get into that later. Uh, and how he remembers right away was just devastating. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I know. To he was up a little bit when that happened. He goes, "Is it? Is it? You know, he remembers more as soon as he realizes who Mike Hanlon is." And I was like, "Oh, Stan." Which it's funny yeah. because when I read the book, Stan makes me angry, but when I saw it in the movie and how he chose to deliver it, it just made me sad. Yeah, because he was the only one that was other than I mean, Dev, Dev got yeah. caught in the deadlights, but you know. She was aware of it on some level, but Stan was full and aware when that painting lady was biting onto his face. Yeah. Oh, she's so, yeah. she's of the first, of the the losers fears in the first movie. She's definitely the one that scares me the most. I think Stephen King said that was the one that scared him the most, and he was upset and he didn't uh, think, of, think it. of it. 
<laughs> which, enough. which, the the first watch I saw of it, the first viewing, I was because it was new. I wasn't sure that I liked it or not. But then I went and saw it a second time, and I was like, you know what? This is actually that's actually pretty damn creepy. It's really creepy. Um. Okay, so that leaves us with Chastain uh, and McAvoy. Chastain was well, okay. Yeah, I agree with. I've heard other reviewers on podcasts and stuff talk about how they didn't give her character enough to do, and I totally agree with that. Um, she wasn't the adult version of her. wasn't the strong and you know just uh, courageous character that she was in the first one. I mean, she she is strong and courageous in this, but it, very seldomly, you know. Yeah, and like, I don't think don't... they gave the Bev character a lot of work with, but I also feel like she looked the least like the younger version. Mm, yeah. And I feel like there was more of a disconnect between those two. Which was sad, because I think Jessica Castain as a person is awesome, but, like, I was like, eh. I don't know. I just wasn't, I, I wasn't as excited as I wanted to be. I was excited when she I, got I, cast, but watching her do it, I wasn't as excited as I wanted to be. Uh, yeah, I got a little ruined for a little bit there because just before she was even officially cast, that's that was everyone's top choice. And as you know, first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh, that's actually you know pretty good. That's I don't have a problem with her." But then it was just nonstop lobbying to the point where I was like, "Okay, I don't even think I want her to do it anymore because <laughs> I just keep hearing about it nonstop." And then it finally happened, and I kept hearing about it still. But you know, nonetheless, her performance aside was still really good. Yeah, for for what she was given. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I I was disappointed that they didn't do anything with her and Tom other than the one scene and that was it. Yeah, because it, it makes it feel anticlimactic. Like she just leaves and it's not like he comes after her, acts like a psycho or, you know, Pennywise doesn't use and abuse him. Like, no, it's just done. Yeah. Um, I gotta say McAvoy was probably the most disappointing. They made, I was just talk, texting with a friend and he was like, oh, sup Ben? Um, he was like, they made him adult Bill so boring. And I'm like, yeah, that's the way to describe it. Like one McAvoy is just as much as I love him, like just not the visual I have for adult Bill. I don't even know who I would cast instead though. That's the hard part. Like, I don't know. Like he just doesn't, you know, they always talk in the book about Bill being this leader and they all love and trust Bill and Bill was sort of imbued with this authority. Um, and just that does not translate to to McAvoy's Bill Denbro. And yeah, and he they didn't even make him much of a leader as an adult. He was more so just he was kind of like a lone wolf. He was there like he's there kind of like, yeah, I'll help you guys, but I'm more so here to help myself kind of thing. And that was one of the pieces that felt the most disloyal to the book to me is when the losers were all like, screw this. And they all ran away. And then, you know, Mike tries to convince Bill, which is fair. Cause I was like, okay, maybe they're trying to have Bill be that leader who brings everybody together and believes in how they have to be together to do this. Because that was the core of Bill in the first movie too, of like, he knew they all had to be together. I don't think even after what happened in the play, in the fun house that real Bill Denbro would ever have gone and faced Pennywise alone. He yeah, never would have so. done that. Like that never would have happened because what he learned when he tried to do it as a kid is that, Nope, the losers are with you. We do this together. Like, Oh, that, that irritated me. Like it wasn't heroic. You know, it wasn't like, Oh no, he got this kid and now I have to go off. Like, no, it was, it was BS. Like that's how it felt. Yeah, I I don't think he had any 
hesitation really in the book, right? It was always, we kind of knew this day was coming. Now we're going to go do it, you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like that kind of bummed me out that they did that with the losers. Like none of them wanted to hold to their promise. None of them felt like the the loyalty to each other as soon as they remembered each other. Like they did, but they didn't. Like there was no waffling in the book. Yeah. And they were and, like, you know, they didn't even... we, we, we didn't finish what we started. We have to finish it now. Yeah, and I understand, you know, if they were to give him some apprehensiveness, but not just straight up, oh, Pennywise is back, and then they're just instantly, like, oh, we're gone, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I would understand them being a little scared and, like I said, apprehensive, but they were just straight up threw their hands up and were like, nope, we're out of here. Yeah. Yeah, that felt, that was disappointing. And I, I do agree that, not that Mac, I thought McAvoy's acting was fine, Um just the treatment of bill like we said wasn't the best um but also i think they should have gone for someone not as well known as mcavoy too because it 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 almost kind of takes you out of it a little bit to know oh professor x is gonna save the day kind of thing you know (laughs) yeah like there's already just too much cultural imprint on him for that to really work i mean because even like it's the same thing with the kids like casting unknowns was a good thing because even when some people had that apprehension with finn wolfhard was you know if you like yeah. Things, like he's mike from stranger things but i feel like he there was such a difference between mike and richie that it was okay but like mm-hmm. mcavoy being like this semi-conflicted hero is not a stretch from things he's done in a well-known way before yeah and like i said it didn't take anything away from his performance he he did fine it was just uh, yeah just their treatment of bill wasn't is definitely what it, uh, not what it should have been that's for sure and you know what really took me out though is when mike drugs him the voice the way his and this thing is his american accent versus his real voice is higher pitched and so there's mm. ways that he was talking especially when he was being drugged by mike that reminded me of the little boy character from split i think it was oh, kevin okay and mm-hmm. so, like, I heard, like, there was something about the way he said something where I was like, this sounds like Kevin from Split. And I j- it just totally <laughs> lost me in the moment of being like, oh, my God, Mike drugged him. Like, no, like, Kevin from Split, like, I'm going to get in trouble. Like, it was, oh, like, it took me out for a minute. I was like, damn it. <laughs> and during my, my first viewing, I actually missed that whole scene and most of the clubhouse scene because uh, we got to the movie a little late and... Uh, it hadn't started yet, but we were waiting in line for concessions and all that. It was supposed to start at 5, and it was about to hit 5.15, and we hadn't even gotten to our seats yet, and there was still like five people in front of me, and I said, nope, bailing out, and we got our seats, and then they played one trailer, and the movie started, so we got there perfectly, but um, right when they got to the library, I was like, okay, now I'm going to run back because something big happened, and then I, again, it took forever at the concession stands, and I got back. And it was the ending of the clubhouse scene. And I asked Victoria, I was like, what did I miss? And she was like, oh, they they found the clubhouse and it's been showing them as kids. And then I went and saw it the second time. And I was like, you didn't tell me about Mike drugging Bill and that whole <laughs> thing. Like, I missed all of that. Also, I have to say, there was a moment where I laughed when no one else did. And I realized how weird I am for this. But one thing <laughs> that will always make me laugh, like a GIF, a video, whatever, is when someone falls when they're not expecting to. Mm. Like, through a hole. So oh. when Ben fell through the opening into the clubhouse, like I laughed so hard and like no one else is laughing. No one else is reacting. And I'm like, hold it together, Ashley. And then you know how like when you try not to laugh, that just makes it worse. And then suddenly you're crying. Yeah. I got real yeah. close. 
I got really close there. <laughs> um, which is why, like, my favorite cold opening of The Office is parkour. Because when Andy jumps from the roof and falls oh. into that refrigerator box, that is the, <laughs> my favorite thing. Because he's just not expecting to fall. He just goes, poof. I'm like, <laughs> like, I just yeah. love it. I love it. So I laughed really hard Spe- there. Speaking of that, uh, that drugging scene, did you notice the the name of the root that they were using? No. Uh, I can't remember the first part of it. The first part of it was just, I don't know if it was a made up word or not, but you know, they tried to make it sound native American, but the second part of it was maturin root. Oh no, I did not catch that. Although it was funny. Yeah. My husband, I've talked to him enough about the turtle, um, mm-hmm. and it's role in it. Cause he's like, how does this really end? And so I told him this whole, you know, ritual of chewed and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, so when there's when you see the turtle in this movie, he like you know Ben walks in the classroom, goes like, "Look, it's a turtle!" And I was like, "I'm so proud of you right now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I knew, you know, in the first one when they Did were the all swimming turtle. and yeah, and oh, and the Lego turtle, and then when I saw him in the classroom, I was like, "Okay, they're either hinting at we're gonna see the full on cosmic battle, or they're just like we'll just give you these little things to please you, but because we're not gonna do the whole thing, which." That is a really weird part in the book. It's really cool, but it is very strange, and I have no idea how they would have filmed it. Yeah. Okay. So, shot casting. Let's start going through at least the best I can remember the order things happen in. Are you aware of the controversy about the Adrian Mellon scene? I know uh, it was either King or the writing both drew from a real life incident. No. Like that? that no? like queer twitter got really mad because they're like is this really necessary in 2019 like you know mm. back then when it was written in the book supposed to be taking place in the 80s like it it was more unexpected to to stand up for that and tell you know the stories of like violence against queer people and things like that but in 2019 was it really necessary to see it and was it necessary for us to see it in such brutality yeah it was pretty and I graphic. initially I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I think it's still really important that King is pointing out and that this movie's pointing out that like the, these acts of violence are still happening. This is still nearly normal. Yeah. So I felt that that was still important that I think that it was important that that was still something that kicked off the second part, because it also reminds us that like, it's not just kids mm-hmm. who can be the victim. But I, I do think they made the scene way the fight way more violent than it needed to be and and in way more detail than it needed to be like it it did start to feel exploitative and it and not in a way that i feel was useful i guess but i could go either way on it like i could probably be convinced the other way but i kind of get where people were like really you needed to show this and this level of brutality like what did that add to the overall story of the movie and i'm not sure it added anything yeah i uh... I'll agree that I I think they did need to have it in there. I don't think they needed to change it from the source material. Um, As far as the brutality, yeah, they could have probably toned it down a little bit. Um, But other than that, I like that they didn't try to, you know, forcefully elicit a feeling out of you. Like, oh, this this is bad, so you should feel bad for them. It was just kind of as if you were a bystander watching it, like holy shit, I know something really bad is going on. Even out of context, I can tell something really good is not happening, you know, or is happening. And, you know, I just like that they weren't trying to force a feeling on you. You just knew something bad was happening and you should feel bad. But, you know, like I said, they weren't forcing that on you. Yeah. At least to me. I mean, I didn't, you know, I can just 
I already felt bad and I, you know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a, it's a valid criticism of that scene. Yeah. Because, I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of complicated feelings about it. Like, I think that was still the right way to open the story. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure that I agree with how they chose to tell that scene. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a very powerful scene in the book. Yeah. And I am glad to see it filmed. Um, but I, I, that would be my only gripe was I felt like the brutality of it could have been toned down just a tiny bit. If anything, um, they could have just cut out like the last punch or two that he got, you know, cause yeah. Th- I think that is what kind of what set it over the edge because I was already like, oh, like, you know, Jesus Christ, this is kind of hard to watch. And then they threw in that last punch and that's almost sent me over the edge of like being angry. Like, okay, Jesus Christ already. Like, yeah. that's enough. <laughs> yeah, like you it know? just went on a little bit too long. Like they just dwelled on the on the visual of beating up Adrian too much. Yeah. And I was like, because the whole point was like when they beat him up, they didn't kill him. That was a big part mm-hmm. of that story. Like ultimately he died because of Pennywise and then those guys got arrested for it, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, don't know. The, the, I think the last time I got uncomfortable with something sort of related to that, have you ever seen the leftovers? No. Um, there's a scene in season one when they tie up somebody to a tree and stone them to death. Ugh. And it's already, you know, pretty disturbing to watch. And, you know, it, it gets to a point where it looks like, okay, like we're at the end of this scene. And then I'm not even joking. It goes on for about another 30 seconds or so. And it just became very hard to watch. Like I normally don't turn away or want to fast forward things, but I started to get that feeling. And I was wondering if anybody else did. And I wound up Googling that episode the next day. And sure enough, there was a whole bunch of controversy about it saying how it went on too long. And it was very, you know, just over, uh, drawn out and which it was and it's it's pretty brutal that's how i felt watching that yeah yeah i can i get where you're coming from there i do like that they um how they kind of because did did mike in the book go down to the bridge after all that happened i don't think so right because i think it cuts to the cops doing the interrogation things and all that yeah if i had to think about that too because he does it in the mini series also mm. like where he shows oh, up at the yeah. crime scenes and tries to talk to police officers and whatnot yeah oh my gosh what it. do you want cat <laughs> can you hear him a little bit yeah he wants to be on the conversation he does he has opinions <laughs> yeah there wasn't enough uh cats in the movie <laughs> I don't think there was any animals in the movie. Oh, well, yeah, there is. We'll get to that later. <laughs> I've actually entirely forgotten what you're talking about. Oh, right, well. oh, <laughs> I literally have a whole <laughs> note about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, yeah, and then I thought that was a very solid opening. I don't I don't even necessarily think, though, the opening of the movie needed the the quick... 30 second flashback to the first movie um no i don't think so either like if you it, if you it, saw the movie without seeing the first one like you did like i think it only serves yeah. to confuse you yeah it, it, if anything it could have just faded in to them already sitting in the circle it did, i don't think it needed to open with that shot of bev and then the 
effects around her and all that. Like, I don't know, just... Yeah, it was weird. It kind of seemed like they were like, all right, let's get you right into this movie with this crazy shot, but now we're going to be subdued for the next five minutes and nothing's going to happen, really. Yeah. How about, uh, let's get to the next big part, the Jade mm-hmm. of the Orient. Yeah, that was... Um, I thought it was really good. I was really... It was, it was really good. Um, I feel a butt coming. But there, it's going to be a big gripe for the whole rest of the movie was it started to be getting overdone with the CGI and whatnot. Um, yeah, once there were the heads in the fish tank, I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then even just the, the things coming out of the fortune cookies to me was... But that was, the, it, that was the true to the book, though. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I get, I know that. Just it, it, it at one point got from being, being actually frightening and scary to just it turned into a to chaos. joke for like this for like the second half of it, to the point where it wasn't as scary anymore as it started out to be. Um, but I mean, other other than that, like yeah, they that's that's always been a fan favorite scene, and I felt like they they did nail it pretty well. Yeah, I think it did enough to show like how bonded they still are because that was where there was so many so much good humor and you got to see the adults playing off each other like we saw the kids. So I think mm-hmm. that was really important to establish like the losers still love each other and that their connection is still there. And then also yeah. it has to like scare them so much that Pennywise is so aware that they're there and there's no there's really not an escape. Yeah, they were, you know, there for less than 2 hours and already they were having a the bad experience with Pennywise or, you know, just an experience with Pennywise. Yeah. And I was like, okay, is that, is this kid a real thing? Is it not a real thing? Like the end of that was pretty good. Like, oh, do you want a picture? <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good. funny too. Cause I knew that was going to go into the kid being a fan. And I knew that's where that was heading. I was like, that kid's probably too little to watch Richie Tozier though. Like, I- yeah, there no was kidding, bad especially... parenting well before the losers came back to town. Yeah, <laughs> especially since the first time you meet Richie at one of his stand-ups, he opens with a masturbation joke. Right. <laughs> you know, so already it's like, why are you letting your power old that kid is 10-year-old watch this? Yeah, yep. There was, there was I, some I, questionable parenting for there, for sure. I, yeah, I do like when, you, when they first see Richie, when it's uh, Bev and Ben hugging and whatever his line was about like oh man you guys are beautiful the fuck happened to me me?" (laughs) yeah that was a really good one i didn't and then then he points to him like like richie you know like like you didn't already know (laughs) uh yeah that was pretty great and then i and then i think um i think what came after that was it might i don't know if it's my favorite scene but it's definitely my favorite um moment with Pennywise and it's with the little girl underneath the bleachers that was intense and I still need to try to do some research to find it but I I I read an article saying that um when King was sent the script he read it and said he loved it um but he wanted to add one wholly original scene to the movie and that article did not say what scene it was, I'm assuming, because the movie wasn't out yet. Um, and I still haven't been able to find out what scene it was, but I can't think of any other scene in the movie that was completely original and not 
in you know in any way from the book and it it has to be this one but i'm not sure yeah i i could see that um i do like that it's kind of a georgie's death scene 2.0 kind of in a way yeah you know um yeah being kind of entranced by this thing that you're already interested in yeah and you know and it it uh, it's so messed up that he plays on her not not even her fears just you know her being uncomfortable about being teased because of the birthmark on her face and all that and mm-hmm. you know same people call me ugly too which really pissed me off because uh, that was not hideous on her face at all whatsoever mm-hmm. <laughs> but maybe it's just because that's just how my mind works like i don't you know mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me but well when like, we first saw it at the carnival we thought it was just like like face paint of something mm. so i didn't even realize that it was anything until we saw her the second time but i mean yeah. it, he did he definitely played on an insecurity but i feel like he did that with georgie too though like i don't think it's just people's fears it's like oh well your brother didn't want to come play with you like that was yeah, definitely that's there true too. too and um i thought it was definitely one of the best scary parts of the movie other than you know it ending in an obvious jump scene like it's you kind of knew that was gonna happen oh yeah definitely knew that one was coming it it was funny because on my second uh viewing of it um when you know she first tells pennywise like you know you're not my friend you're scary and starts walking away some lady like four rows behind me just goes run run girl (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then i I think when Pennywise jumped out and and got her, which I'm surprised that they actually went through with it, um, that they had no problem killing a kid in this movie, which plenty they of do times twice. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah, we talked about that too. Um, of like in the first movie, I think we see maybe two kids die on screen, and this one I think we see mm-hmm. three. Yeah, or I think we still yeah. only see two, but it's just more brutal. Yeah, it's a lot more brutal and graphic, that's for sure. Yeah. But no, that, that, that lady, when, that he, moment, when he jumped... When I'm watching that part, I was like, man, I'm going to tell Veronica, like, if somebody's trying to make you feel sorry for them, that's a sign you need to run the fuck away. Yeah. Like, exactly. do not Especially ever let anybody try to make you do something you don't want to do by making you feel sorry for them. That's Especially if they're underneath a bleachers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he jumped out and grabbed her, that lady behind me screamed so loud. <laughs> Like I said, there's only one moment where I jumped, and that was not it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm really curious to know which one that was. <laughs> You're going to laugh. It's a good one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, All right. What was the next big scene after that one? Uh, I think it might be... I think it might be when they meet up at the clubhouse, and it starts going back to them being kids, which... Yeah, um, at that point, they've been told to find their artifact. Yeah, Um, which... Did they... Did they have to do that in the book? I know they did the walking tours, obviously, but no, they did that they, more for, for memories, but they didn't have to find objects. I was actually, yeah. okay. So let's talk about their artifacts. <clears throat> okay. I am so mad about what Bill's artifact is. Do you know why? <laughs> <laughs> why? Because in the book, it talks about that whole thing about how, and this is when the book oh. passes out of this story. And I was like, son of a bitch. I was yeah, so, that's right. And it's, it's funny just... because the losers club talks about that scene too. They're like, 
who is this narrator that knows that this is where this boat goes and like all that stuff. So like I was, really, yeah. I had that, I just listened to that episode a few weeks ago. And so I had that like in my head, I was like, how dare. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I was like, really? You bring back the SS Georgie? Like, oh, I was mad. I, I thought it was going to be it's silver. So which, dumb. I'm... Yeah. I thought it was silver too. But like then when they realize what they're doing with the object, it couldn't be silver. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's talk yeah. about the acquisition of silver. <laughs> Cause all right well (laughs) yeah i you didn't like it i did and i didn't um i thought it was i thought it was really funny how they did it but also i felt like it went on just a little bit too long um i told victoria i feel like it almost should have been like a stan lee in the marvel movies cameo just him um looking over the paper saying one line and then that's kind of it. Yeah. Cause it was really trying to be meta of like, no, didn't like the ending. Like, I don't know that many people who complain about Stephen King books ending endings. Do you? Um, no, if I, and if I have, it's, it's probably for books and I'm like, yeah, well the book wasn't that great to begin with. Right. Very few. Yeah. So, so that was what actually, you know what I'm really disappointed about is that he didn't say Aya. Mm, Cause it's yeah. such a thing of like the main accent and that's what they're trying to have him be. And I was like, Oh, you failed me. But I thought, for the most part, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> like, yeah. Because I think some of it is probably reflective of Steve's own experience. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm as sure. like the local famous person. So I thought that was pretty entertaining. I didn't know there was and... a cameo. I've tried to stay away from any sort of spoilers, anything about, about this. Like, I went in. I didn't even watch, I think, some of the last trailers. I just went in. You know, I actually didn't even listen to your your episode of the podcast about the last trailer until after I saw the movie. <laughs> I listened to it like two days ago um, because I didn't want I didn't want to go in with knowing too much. Because even after that first trailer where we see the Mrs. Kirsch scene, I was like, oh, this is too much. I didn't I didn't want to see that much. So I didn't know yeah. this in the movie at all. So it was a fun surprise I, for me. I think I listened to the Loser Club <laughs> episode, not the review, but them kind of reviewing it but they couldn't say anything yet because the movie hadn't been released yeah. and i think one of them just said um i think they, they just kind of hinted at it but they weren't saying who they were just like oh yep there's there's a cameo in it you need to look out for um which there is also a second cameo when you first meet adult ben um did you notice that in that boardroom was the kid ben from the original miniseries that's who I thought that was. Okay, I'm glad I'm not crazy because I was like, that guy looks really familiar. That kind of <laughs> looks like this guy. I like yeah. how they try and fake you out for people who hadn't read the book and know that Ben got hot. That you think yeah. he's chubby adult Ben. <laughs> um, the other thing was too is that um, I don't know if Joey knew that it was Stephen King, but our friend Brian did not and didn't know that till after the movie because <laughs> I was like, oh wow, because I remember I thought it was like oh, Uncle Steve. <laughs> and so like, Joey was like. <laughs> That's him, right? It's like, yeah. And later I was like, Brian, like, that's who that was. He was like, oh. I he's like, I, I don't think like I've ever even, like seen Stephen King before. And I'm like, yeah, wow. that's probably there. That's it it just seems like to me I mean, maybe it's just because we're constant readers. It just seems like he has such a well known face. So, you know, it's he's kind of one of those people who you're just like, I don't know how I know him, but I know him. Yeah. It's still only his second best cameo though. Next to uh, Pet Cemetery. No. Or he, oh, uh, next talking about? to Maximum Overdrive. Because oh. the ATM, so he's like, the ATM is swearing at me. Like, it's just, it's really, oh, it's yeah. so silly. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. Like, one, I really love that movie, but two, 
I know King hates it, but it's a, it's a really funny cameo. Yeah. I think actually Tabby's in that movie with him too. In Maximum Overdrive? Yeah, I think it's the two of them are the cameo. I'll have to look oh, into man. that later. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that since I was a preteen, so. <laughs> yeah, nope, I saw that young and got hooked. <laughs> yeah, my, my brother had the DVD of it and I probably saw it for the first time when I was... 11 or 12, so coming up on 20 years ago, which I hate to admit. <laughs> uh, for me, it's probably been longer because I'm 32 oh, wow. and I probably saw it when I was like six, maybe even littler. Oh, man. So, yeah, it was on like late night on like TNT or something. And I just oh, couldn't. Okay. Stop. It scared me, but I could not stop watching it. Yeah. Uh, well, since we're on there, there, you know, we're talking about Silver and. Uh, Bill going on his walking tour. I guess we can talk about the rest of the walking tours. Um, so I guess going into the jump scare that I got uh, from the the only jump scare, and it was from the walking tour, and it was Richie's walking tour. Oh, um, yeah. With the damn Paul Bunyan statue, I knew I knew it was going to attack him and whatnot. Um, and you know he looks up and sees the statue gone and says, "Holy shit!" And then when the camera pans to the left and you know, he's right in his face. I don't know if it was just how loud it was that he yelled at him, but I, like, jumped back, and I'm pretty sure I yelled, like, Jesus Christ, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And it still got me the second time. Like, not, didn't make me jump, but I still got a little bit of a shock from it, but I think it's just because of how loud he yells at him. Yeah. I both liked and disliked that scene. Um, I like when we see, like, okay, the Young Richie part was cool. Um, but I almost think if they just made him look like just regular statue Paul Bunyan, like not made his mouth all weird, it still would have been real. I think it would have been scarier to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but when we see adult Richie and Pennywise up on the shoulder and you see the people in the background, like swaying back and forth. Oh, that was so creepy. I loved it. Yeah. That That really really freaked me out. Apparently they, they, uh, filmed, uh, younger Richie's part to be included in part one. Um, but then they, I don't know if they cut it for timing reasons or, or they, maybe they just felt it fit better in this one because I didn't even think about it. I don't think you see, um, Richie have an experience with Pennywise like the other ones do. I don't think he sees anything. You don't. And the thing is though, that's true to the book too, though, because Richie doesn't remember his, his individual it experience until Mm -hmm. the second time around when he's doing the walking tour, he doesn't remember it at all. The thing is, though, I don't know if I believe that because they CGI the crap out of the little kids' faces. This is one of my bigger complaints is that it's bad CGI work. Um, mm. And it's definitely CGI Richie mm. in that. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe they tried to or and they had to do more like close-up work to make it fit or what. But um, or his face is, is really CGI in that in that one. I was gonna say maybe they just had more money and just wanted to refilm it with better effects or whatnot. Yeah, I don't know, but they, uh, yeah, the kid CGI in some places is real bad, particularly with young Ben. But that's because he's probably matured and changed the most. I mean, he grew nine inches between the two movies, filming the two Holy movies. Crap! Yeah, he's almost as tall as as Jay Ryan. So, oh, um, yeah, like, and you can see it so much. Like his his whole like jawline is completely CGI. Um, I didn't really notice that it looked that bad on them. Uh, the only thing that really bugged me was you can totally tell that they pitched down Jack Dylan Grazer's voice. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> or pitched up rather. Yeah. Um, yeah, his voice sounded very just squeaky, and it's it almost sounded like he was a seven year old, and you know, not a twelve year old. Yeah. Yeah, I got that um, one. I think that was the only complaint I really had with the kids was just I it, I can just tell that wasn't his voice, and it just seemed very disjointed, but. Uh, other than that, I thought they did pretty good with it, though. Yeah. So, rounding out Richie, how do you feel about the uh, change to his identity? Oh, uh, I I do really like it, but I also feel like it might have just been a kind of last-minute addition that they just thought of and, you know, just threw in there and didn't flesh out as well as they could have, I think, anyway. Um. Uh, but I mean, nonetheless, I do, I do like that they included it. I just felt like it, you could have seen that coming a little sooner. Um, I mean, I didn't anyway. Yeah. I'm, I don't know yet. That's one that I think my, I'm, my opinion is still kind of out on because I, I think Bill Hader did a good job with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I'm not gonna, I'm definitely not that being a part of his performance was really good. Um, and how he played that, especially as an adult, but there's part of it where some of it, somehow I feel like adding that was kind of an apology because they use like the F word and calling people queer and and things like that as, as an insult so much in the book that I feel like somehow it was like a trying to dial back that, that language that was accurate for Mm. its time. I, I don't know. It, it did feel a little bit like, I feel like it was performed well, but it felt forced into the story. Yeah, definitely. I, I, and I was wondering what Pennywise was taunting him with, saying, "You know, I know your dirty little secret." I, I you didn't figure it out by then. I, I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't thinking about it, or at least thinking about it in that way. I just, I don't know what I was thinking. Honestly, I think uh, they were talking about when you know they were at the restaurant, and he said, "I don't write my own material." I thought maybe. Pennywise was just gonna say like you know you're a fake like yeah. you know you're just a hack but apparently yeah also to the end of of Richie's scene when he runs away and Pennywise's face starts morphing I didn't care for that at all Mm-mm. especially because <laughs> okay well when you think about it in a very literal sense why would Pennywise do that and Richie's already gone like oh let's try to scare him even though he can't see me because he's already halfway down the block. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> or also, it could just be the entity just already shifting out of that uh, form because it's no longer needed. Um, let's talk about Ben. Okay, that was like half a jump scare. Was Ben's artifact search because, like, when he's in the locker, I knew because they oh. were showing they're showing Donnie on that poster. Was it Donnie? Maybe they were uh, showing that one yeah. new kid on that poster. I was like, oh, like. What if they're gonna have the face move? Because that's stuff that creeps me out. And then you like look and there's like Pennywise, like oh, that was yeah. terrifying. That was very scary. <laughs> Is that the one that got you? No. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I no, but I was like I, I knew something was coming, so I kind of like flinched a little, but not like the big jump that something else did to me. I, I honestly, I assumed it. It didn't get me, but I assumed that something was gonna be um, over there. Well, I thought I thought Bev was gonna show up again, you know, in front of the locker. Um, Oh. You know, just jump up and just scare him again. Like that's all I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. Um, but that still was a that was a very uh, effective reveal. I think when he, yes. he leaned back and Pennywise was there, that was a pretty good reveal. Yes, I would agree with that. 
My, I think though, Pennywise never could take on the form of any of the losers to scare them though. Yeah, like that, that felt was... inconsistent with the mythology for him to to take the place of Bev, um, or to mm. imitate her. And I felt like something was wrong right away when she walked in. I was like, that's not, that was actually weirdly. It's the only time that Sophia Lillis looked CGI'd was in that scene. Mm. So to me immediately, I was like, something's not right here. So I think it it was kind of disappointing, but also I feel like he never took the form of the other losers to scare them. Cause it would have been so easy to do that. And so that just felt really weird to me. um, Even if I did find that like super scary. (laughs) Yeah. So she could see like threw the poem back in his face. Like, yeah, that was really fire. messed up. <laughs> I was so scared. I was like, Jesus. Like it was smart, and, but I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. And the something that uh, I didn't think of that somebody else pointed out, that was supposed to be when they were all split up in the middle of summer. Why is Ben in school? He's in summer school. They said on the, the sign outside the school. Did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah, think I do remember something, something that summer now. school students because, you know, Bowers and his crew were in summer school because they had to be, and Ben's in there because he's a nerd. Mm, true. Or uh, didn't they just didn't they mention the first one that he had just moved there, so maybe he needed to yeah. make up for lost time or something? Yeah. For sure. uh, I I totally forgot that the sign said summer school. So okay, that does make sense. I mean, yeah, it would be the obvious solution that he is in summer school, but I just him being a nerd it didn't seem to fit but it does make sense yeah um so did you going back to the mrs curse scene did you like that scene it was really scary it did it wasn't (laughs) as scary watching it in the in the movie theater because i kind of like knew what was coming like the creepy little like lady like the weird movement stuff um, yeah. which some people in my theater laughed at every time that happened. Cause there were a couple scenes where it was like that weird, like little walk. Cause it wasn't really like that, like stiff walk crawl thing that you see in other movies. It was sort of this weird little like jig. Um, yeah. and so a lot of people in my theater laughed every time that would happen. Cause it happened more than just with Mrs. Kirsch. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I did get a nice little jolt when she came running at her and it revealed what the yeah i was like whoa form was that he took like, yeah thump 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 and i was like what the what is happening right now and then i was like whoa i i just assumed it was going to be naked her running at her or, you i know, thought maybe it was going to be just... pennywise i thought it was gonna be giant pennywise okay um that was very cool in bev scene though where you see like pennywise as um oh what bob gray Oh and yeah! You see him like cut down his face with his fingernails. I was like, that is cool. That yeah, that, that was, was a very cool. good. Yeah, that was a very good scene. Um, I like that they, even though you, somewhat saw that um, in the trailer, it still wasn't ruined for you when you watched the movie because no, I agree. Um, when he's in the trailer, he, when he's running his hands down his face, he's not. They're, they don't show the blood. It kind of cuts to black. And then when it fades back, his face is already Pennywise. cut. So you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And you, so you don't know how it happened. And so that that's good that they hit it. Now, like how he was kind of taunting her and angrily putting on his makeup the whole time he's talking to her, you know? Yeah. That was that was definitely a Pennywise highlight. And it wasn't uh, even Pennywise the clown yet. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely intense. Um, I will say though, I think my least favorite of them, even though 
some of the parts of the scene were good was uh, Eddie's walking tour. Um, I thought when he, I think everything leading up to him going down to the basement and finding his mom, pretty much everything up to him finding his mom, I felt was very good. And then just, I don't know. I, I didn't like that whole scene with his mom and the leper. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because I feel like that wasn't the mom convinced him that all of these things are going to kill you. So like her having mm-hmm. her be the victim of it, especially because he at that point already knows his mom is full of it. Yeah, exactly. Was really frustrating. I, I mean, don't know. It like very... I, it was very gross. I, I don't know the the him when he's little trying to unbuckle her bugged me. Him older facing the leper was kind of fun. <laughs> like, yeah, I I did kind of like that. And then you just, know, as soon as he you're like, oh, he's gonna win. He's gonna beat him. And then bleh. Like, so uh, I don't know if I like that musical cue though. I don't know what that was about. That was very strange. Yes, it was that '80s song playing as he's being thrown up on, and then it just immediately cuts away three seconds later. I don't know yes. what that was about. Which now might be the time to throw out one of my bigger complaints. The score was so distracting in this one. Did you notice that yeah, at all? Like it, 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 it was so much more. I don't know. I just felt very loud. Like every once in a while. So one of the best things that ever happened to me in a movie. Um, my friend Kayla and I went to go see Fright Night, and something was coming, mm-hmm. and she just leans over to me very quietly and goes the orchestra knows something and I lost it. Like, I don't even know what happened the next like five minutes of that movie. Um, and so that is the feeling that I had with the score in this movie is that suddenly it would just be like, it, it was these moments that should have been almost lighthearted. So like, there's one moment where you see the group, like walk. It's like, I think when they're walking into the Barrens, it's like all five of them just like trekking through grass, but the music playing is like really like sad or like, you know, minor chords, like kind of intense and sad. And I'm like, this is not what should mm-hmm. be playing in this moment. Like they overscored it and they played the score too loud because there's even moments in, um, Kneebolt street where I was like, why is this the score that they're playing right now? Like it's too much. Like I almost would rather have had silence and sound effect than a score there. Cause I don't remember that from the first one. I mean, I'm gonna have to watch and pay attention differently. Like, there's definitely scoring, especially in like the intro and the stuff with Georgie and like other moments. But they just overscored this movie. Yeah, it was definitely a lot more subtle and yet effective in the first one. And yeah, this one, it the score is almost nonstop. There's almost no there's no dead air uh, moments of silence. Yeah, yeah, there's almost no moments of silence. And uh, one thing I heard, what I do agree with, is a lot of it they said uh, belongs more at home in a like a Christopher Nolan movie, like in The Dark Knight or Inception, because there's so many. Uh, like Hans Zimmer-esque, you know, stabs and huge swells. And, and, you know, I get they were going for a blockbuster feel with this movie, but... But silence you know, is you, so you, important to horror films. It's, yeah, especially when you are trying to scare us with Pennywise, but when you have a loud score overriding him, it just it kind of distracts you. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, they had cut out half because I remember when they we, uh, they announced that the soundtrack was coming out. Somebody said, "Oh yeah," and it's a whopping forty-eight tracks. And I was like, "Holy, Holy crap!" Hell. Yeah, forty-eight, forty-six. Like I know it was forty something, and I was like, "That is a lot of musical cues." I get. See, I didn't know, you know any almost... of that, so that tells you how ridiculously scored this movie is. That it was something I noticed while it was happening to me, which honestly, yeah. the last time I can be like really distinctly remembering 
the score of something is the first when you see Wonder Woman in Batman versus Superman, like, and you mm. hear the Wonder Woman theme music for the first time, which is honestly one of the best themes I've heard in ever. Um, like, I totally bought that song. I have it um, because it's so good. <laughs> which I think it's a Hans Zimmer. Um, but like that scored so well. Um, like that was the last time I remember really paying attention to the score. But in the, that's the thing is like it 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 emphasized a moment and then you don't really think about it again. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, the score is meant to, to highlight or emphasize something, not, not be its own performance. Yeah. You know, or like, you know, if the scoring doesn't feel right to what's happening on the screen. And I think that happens sometimes here. Yeah. Cause I think a really good example of how they did it in the first one is when Eddie's walking home and encounters the leper. It's a silent scene other than, you know, normal ambient sounds and Eddie he's whistling or something like that. And, um, and I don't think there's any music that happens up until the reveal of the leper. And then it comes in, but even then it's still, um, not overdone, but it's, it does have those occasional, stabs because it's it's when he's chasing him so i mean you kind of need that to pump it up a little bit but then as soon as he sees um pennywise it dies down into like the i'll just call it like the pennywise theme and there's just those like two strings playing and that's it you know it's not Mm -hmm. you know a 48 piece orchestra going like it is in pretty much every other scene of the movie yeah yeah so yeah oh yeah i'll agree with you It, it was way overdone but you know who is left uh, for walking towards? I think that's it. I think that's it too. I think we got through everybody. Um, okay, so um, I guess uh, you know. I guess we can talk about somebody who we haven't talked about yet, which was I thought was a very good uh, reveal, uh, is when you see Bowers for the first time. Yeah, I liked the scene with the balloon and and sort of the still like ch- chat like innocence to him. Mm-hmm. Like, of him laughing about the balloon. Oh, my God. They revealed Patrick Hockstetter. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm I'm, I, I'm glad they brought him back, but I'm disappointed they didn't give him more to do because that was that was such great makeup work. And you really, only see him twice, and that's it. You do. And the thing is, like, they made him move differently than all of the other scares and things they did in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a really good choice. Like, that was very well done. Um, even though it's supposed to be Belch and whatever. I was going to say, I think it, yeah, I think it was supposed to be Belch in the book. Yeah. yeah although I had to explain to our friend, um, why Patrick Hockstetter is so horrific. Um, mm. and why it's like the worst section of the book. Yeah. That's, uh, like that's it's, definitely... it's the part where like, I would happily skip that on every reread because I just, I don't need to, I don't need to read that. Um, I'll read, I, I'll skip was... all the way up until he opens up the fridge and then I'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you feel about how they change <laughs> the interaction between adult Bowers and losers? Because they basically um, switched to the order. Yeah. Because Mike needed uh, to be okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I honestly assumed when Henry attacked eddie well first off i thought that was a very effective scare when he pops out and just very stabs him in the face yeah very brutal and (sighs) you're like holy shit but then immediately it turns into a joke which i I get eddie's (laughs) 
I get Eddie's kind of dumbfounded. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what just happened? You know, he's trying to comprehend it. Um, and they're both just kind of laughing at each other and whatnot. Um, Cut your hair. It's 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Th- I feel like, I feel like had they not played the rest of the scene as a kind of half joke all the way up until that, it would have been a very effective way of cutting the, you know, the uh, very intense scene, but they kind of played the whole thing for a joke. They did, but I, I also kind of see when we talk about how scared and inactive Eddie is, like, if mm-hmm. he hadn't reacted that way, he would have been totally losing his shit. Yeah, that's true. So I, I don't know. Like, the whole thing was super weird. And then I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to just kill it. I mean, they're still going to kill Henry Bowers in Eddie's room. Like, this is still what's going to happen. And then it yeah. didn't. He jumped out a window and was magically fine. Um, mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder if Henry is, in fact, also a zombie. Um, going back to oh. Henry Bowers overall, though, when they show him, because. A lot of people are like, how are they going to bring back Bowers? Because in chapter one, he, we just see him fall down the well. Yeah. And so when they have him float out, I was like, oh, are they going to have it be young zombie Henry Bowers and not like adult zombie institu- or mental institution Henry Bowers? So I actually would have been okay with that too. Um, mm-hmm. If, you know, suddenly the more bodies had flipped out of the Barrens and suddenly we had like, like a young young zombie Henry Bowers was the one who was chasing them instead of an adult mentally ill Henry Bowers. Um, yeah, that would, that would have been pretty cool. But when they had to float out like that and wake up, I was like, Whoa, like I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I liked that. That was a good way of that, that. That did give me a little bit of a shock. I didn't jump, but I did get a little bit of shock when he pops out of the water screaming. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I feel like they, they, I'm glad they put it in there, but I feel like they really cut it short yeah, they they really underplayed really like two Henry scenes. a little bit, and yeah. and he doesn't and really their interactions with him don't serve any purpose other than to cut Eddie's face. Yeah, um, you know he doesn't prevent Mike from being with them, which was what he did in the book. He doesn't. He doesn't do any anything like it, Henry Bowers could have not been in the movie and it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, like that I, I felt do like, like a fan service moment. Yeah. Not complaining. It was it um, was fun to see adult Henry Bowers. Oh yeah, definitely. That guy did and a just, good job. And just too, for man. the Patrick in the car. Like that was so cool. Yeah, I like when uh when he escapes the mental institution and Hawkstetter's just kind of like looking out his window, but then as soon as he gets in the car, he just kind of does that little jerk over looking at him and then just jerks forward and just drives off. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um uh, I thought it was funny though. After, uh, well, first off, when when uh, Eddie stabs Bowers uh, through the shower through curtain. the shower curtain, um, that <laughs> that lady behind me, <laughs> yeah, that lady behind me on my second viewing. As soon as that happened, I, I just heard her just go, "Yes," <laughs> <laughs> she was so happy about it. But uh, I thought it was funny when when Eddie gets out of his room and kind of slumps down, and they look at him. And he just goes. Bowers is in my room. Just <laughs> the blood pouring out of him. Yeah, he goes, is Just it bad? Sub- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, and then, that was good. And then he's quickly dismissed of in the next scene at the library. Um, and you know, the funny thing was, is that given how brutal they were with the Adrian Mellon scene, like I was pre-crying 
when that book falls and you see Mike in the library because I was just like not I did not want to see Mike get brutalized and I was really afraid that that's what they were going to do. So even mm-hmm. though I think, you know, Henry Bowers really didn't add anything to the story, I was also kind of glad that I didn't have to see that. Um, cause book <laughs> Mike Hanlon is probably what one of my, of the losers, probably one of my favorites. Um, oh, yeah. and so I just knowing what happens to him in the book, like I just did not want to see that visual and I'm kind of glad I didn't have to. He got his arm cut. <laughs> like, cool. Yeah. See, I, I was, I kind of had it ruined for me from the trailer because there's that shot of, um, all of them looking like they had just come out of the sewer. I mean, I get it was out of context because it was in a trailer, but I feel like if you're a fan, you would kind of know that that's probably the ending. And I saw Mike standing there with them, and I was but like, that's oh, not okay, when well, that apparently... shot happens. The isn't it? Yeah, no. towards the very end. Well, they no? haven't went towards the very end, but no, when they're all standing in front of the window. Yeah, that's what and I'm they're walking about. through town. Does that happen mm-hmm. when they're older? Or is there both? Because them walking through town is bef- yeah, is when they split up to find their artifacts. Yeah, no, no, this is the one when they're all standing in front of the, the window, window and it yeah, you're right. and it swivels around them and you see them as kids. Yeah, they show that one and like I said, it looks like they just came out of the sewer and Mike is with them. So I was like, oh, okay, apparently yeah. he's not going to get taken out of the picture halfway through. Right, which is definitely a decision I understand. It would have been way too hard to translate the rest of what Mike did. Although it, it kind of would have been cool if he did get taken out of the picture and they had to go do the ritual themselves, but had no idea what to do. And maybe that's how it got screwed up and they had to find an alternate way, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I do and don't like that. Richie was the one to off Bowers just because, well, well, from what we saw in the first one, Richie didn't have a whole lot of problems with Bowers other than the fact that he's just an asshole. But then, there's the arcade scene. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was funny when his yeah, long overdue joke. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Ben. Oh, yeah. That, that would that would have been pretty good, too, especially because, you know, the whole getting hit, the H carved in him and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I did like, I did like Richie's long overdue joke and then him throwing up immediately after. Yeah. And then Ben comes in and like, are you all right? No, I'm not all right. I just killed a guy. And I was talking to Mike. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, damn, I think so, from there is you get to the... The fun house. The longest stretch of the movie, which when they first got there, I was like, oh, yeah, we're getting to the last 20 minutes. And look at my watch. I was like, oh, no, we still have like another 50 minutes. Like, holy hell, they're going to be in the sewers for quite a while. No, we skipped a part. Did we, we skip have a part? To, yeah, because... Uh, Bill doesn't show up at the library. Oh man! Because he um, goes to the yeah. carnival. Oh, that was the other scene I was thinking of that um, could be a wholly new scene that King could have written with the kid on the skateboard. Which um, I'm so mad that they did not include the line that you can't be safe on a skateboard. Yeah, <laughs> but I I am happy that they at least brought that kid in because that was it's such a minor character, but it was such a great interaction in the book. Mm-hmm, it really was. So I'm, I thought that was cool. They at least showed him in there. Um, I think it was a little yeah. too much that he lived in Bill's old house. Yeah, that's a bit on the nose, I think. And then, of course, Bill can't save him and he dies. It it could have, and you know, it could have easily been just as effective if he lived he anywhere. Came out of the house, yeah, across the street or, you know, even next door, 
you know, like just a reminder that like these are people who live in the neighborhood you grew up in and the same things are happening to them. Like that was enough. I didn't need him to live in Bill's house. Yeah. And and, you know, and it was just as effective when he's, you know, that they kind of made a joke of it, of him telling him you hear voices from that sewer, you run away like you don't ever listen to the voices in the sewer and the kid's like you hear voices in the sewer and he's no that's not what i mean and so it's already funny and but then he goes i only hear him from the drain and you're instantly just like oh, oh shit. shit yeah yeah see so you know it didn't have to be in bill's old house because nonetheless the kids still would have heard something and it still would have been shocking yes um but that fun house scene uh was just sad it was sad and the first time i watched it uh upon first viewing i didn't really like when um bill's trying to break the window pennywise is trying to break the window they're both going out at the same time because initially i felt it went on a little too long and it started i i feel like i realized it watching the second time like oh i think the reason why i didn't like it is because it was shooting my anxiety through the damn roof Mm -hmm. and um I thought about this during the first viewing was they both kind of start hitting the windows at the same time. And at one point they sync up like they're hitting. And it, to me, it was almost like Pennywise screwing with Bill. Like, Oh yeah. I, you know, I'm only hitting the window cause you're hitting the window. Like I'm kind of mimicking you kind of thing, which um, would kind of cause Bill to blame himself even more like that. It was his fault, but they didn't really play on that. But I kind of felt like that's what it was. Cause there was that, one moment when they synced up and they were hitting at the same time. And I think they even stopped at the same time. Yeah. But, and then just kid gets brutally taken out. Uh, kid gets taken out of the picture for the second time in this movie. Yep. And I, I get that they thought they had to do that to, to get Bill to just be like, I couldn't save Georgie. I couldn't save this kid. Like I have to go kill that fucking clown. Um, yeah. although I do appreciate, so now we can go into, um, the full confrontation that they didn't have Bill go in and then the losers catch up and save him. Like they caught him before he even went in the house. They had that really good moment of the losers together before they went to the house where they unite again, because that's what was so important was how their connection to each other. And I like that they, even if they weren't super overt about it, that they had that moment where they regrouped, they reconnected and reminded Bill that they can't do this without each other. Yeah. And, you know, it was it was kind of nice that, you know, Bill was doing the whole, um, I'm you know, I'm going to go do this. I don't care, you know, that you guys aren't there or whatnot. And they knew where he was going to be. And they showed up and Bev was just kind of like, hey, we're not asking to help you. Like, we're going to do this together kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, we don't need your permission. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Let's talk about I some really stuff liked, that happens in the house. <laughs> I was gonna say I really liked, I really liked the whole everything that happened in the house. Um, I thought the that they did Stan's head in the fridge thing very well. So creepy. <laughs> and that they didn't in the in so as they actually didn't do his head in the fridge thing. You, you know, he said like, "Oh, hey, it's Stan," and then he does that little scream, and the head falls out. So because even though it was supposed to be a scare in the miniseries that talking head in the fridge was, was just ch- cheesy. It was silly. Anything. Yeah. Anything but scary. So I'm glad that they were, they did take a page from the book almost literally, but then 
made so, it okay, scary. In, yeah, we need to do this in a scarier way. And <laughs> yeah, my note just um, says that fucking stand spider. <laughs> was not yeah, a fan I, of that. I instantly got um, the thing vibes from that. Oh yeah, yeah. It was know, just, and and it's just gross and creepy because not only is it like a decayed head, it's then like a head that's like a spider crab creature. Yeah, I feel like that was one part uh, as as great as the effect was and the CGI on that was actually really well done. Mm-hmm. I feel like they could have went a little more old school with that and maybe have done it practical because it's not. Yep. I feel like for the makeup department, it's not a hard thing to make some lakes come out of a prosthetic head, you know? True. I also feel like it went on like 30 seconds longer than it needed to. Like there was 30 seconds uh, in the middle there where they're just like chasing around trying to pull it off. And like, I know the point was to show like Eddie being a chicken, but you know what? Eddie wasn't a chicken. That was shitty to do to him. Um, so like they could have pulled him off a little bit faster and then, you know, had him drip down and be up in the ceiling and all that. Like that could have gone a little bit shorter and still been just as effective. Yeah. Like this did not need, if it was going to have a two hour and 49 minute runtime, there was better ways to spend that time than some of the ways that they did. Yeah, because at some point the the <laughs> scary drawn out scenes kind of they the scene doesn't wind down, but your tension winds down, and it's yeah, not, you know, so scary anymore. Like I get when when a movie draws something out to make you uncomfortable to extend your feeling, but this just didn't do that. Like if yeah. that was their purpose, they failed. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that actually, I really uh, was talking about some some moments in there other than Stan Spider. Um, when they walk in, I don't know what Richie says, but Bev says beep beep Richie, and I was so happy because oh. they don't do it at all in the first movie until Pennywise is confronting Richie in the house yeah. in the room full of clowns. And I was like so sad that first time because I was like, beep beep Richie doesn't mean anything. It, there's no context for that in the first movie because you don't see any of the other losers say it to him when he's going too far. And so when Bev says it to him when they walk in the house. I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> like, I'm so, I, like, it was a weird moment where it's like, I'm so happy this is being used correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if somebody did tell him in the first movie and they cut it out. Like, yeah. it was part of a different scene and they cut it out, maybe. Maybe. Because um, it did kind of feel, in the first movie, it did kind of feel just like a a thrown-in nod to the book. Yeah, like, it didn't make any sense when Pennywise said that. Because the, the whole point of Beep Beep was like, stop. So when Pennywise says beep beep Richie, like that doesn't mean anything. Like, I don't know. It didn't mean anything. It bugged me. Um, That was one of my biggest pet peeves in the first movie because I love beep beep Richie so much. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I know if I've ever find someone, if anybody says anything appropriate and I inappropriate and I say that and they know what I'm talking about. I'm like, "Mm, we're friends. (laughs) Did we just become best friends? Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's when they, yeah. When they first get there and, and Richie sees the, that, you know, black, lava goo stuff going down the stairs and that's when he says oh well i love what he's done with the place <laughs> yeah um also the uh gratuitous dem- uh display of j ryan's abs yeah <laughs> that was so i was like because suddenly they're like carving into him and i like, i got at first why they did that but then they it just went on where they carved the whole thing it's just him with his shirt up i was like really mm-hmm. like that was one of those where i was like okay if i wanted to see him shirtless i'd just watch beauty and the beast again because he's like, shirtless a could, ton um but like, second, i don't think you could carve into steel that easy <laughs> <laughs> nice um <laughs> but i was like oh yeah this is just like for you know people who who drag their partner to this and think jay ryan's hot like this is like oh here's the moment where you see his abs but he's being carved into with a knife and like it was just yeah. took too long for her to 
the like dramatic stretch out of Bev going to break the mirror, I was like, okay, that could have like five seconds less. You know, if you see your friend being cut open by Pennywise in a mirror, like you're not going to hesitate. You're not going to slow-mo like smash that fucking mirror. Yeah, exactly. Like they could have got halfway through that sentence and you on his stomach and you would have known what he was writing out. They didn't have to do the whole thing. It's like, okay, we, we kind of get it. We know what you're putting. That, That was a really cool shot though. When it looks like she's running at the camera, but then it backs out of the mirror and she smashes it. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool shot. Yeah. I think, I mean, the movie is, there's, a, it's pretty visually lovely. I'll definitely give it that. Yeah, they definitely went all out for the visuals on this one. Lots of sweeping shots and just really cool camera angles. Oh, I didn't talk about one of my favorite shots, which is when, uh, um, oh, damn it. What is Adrian Mellon's boyfriend's name? Oh, my gosh, I just, I, it like came to me and it's gone. I keep wanting to say Dean, but that's <sighs> not it. Don? Don Haggerty? Yeah. Yeah, okay. When, um, you know, after he sees uh, Pennywise and Adrian down there, and then he looks up and sees all the balloons coming down from the bottom of the yeah. bridge, that was a very, very cool very shot. Cool. I remember I remember liking that shot from the trailer. And I like that too, the balloons was... looked real. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, although, speaking of the trailer, there is one shot we don't see in the movie, and it looks like um, somebody looking up at a wall and Pennywise is jumping out of what looks like a vent onto the side of the wall. Um, hmm. Yeah. We don't see that at all in the movie. No, we don't. So I wonder what, I wonder what that's about. Interesting. Yeah. I can't imagine how much longer a director's cut will be. I mean, it'll be longer than a extended Lord of the Rings movie. They, I think uh, the director said his initial first cut was like four hours and 15 minutes or something like that. So there's still almost an hour and a half worth of, footage that's still out there for that movie interesting so we'll see um all right so then if they move down into the sewers for now right yep and i like that they show the door and the symbol which yeah, all that, that makes that sense to cool. book readers that's fine yeah um but this is where just like the first movie as soon as they get to the sewers it all just goes downhill for me um I didn't like when they got to the sewers in the, in the first one just because, I don't know, it felt very subdued compared to everything that came before it. It wasn't as exciting or even scary, and um, I kind of felt that way with this one. Not that it wasn't scary or exciting. It just, I don't know, I kind of got the same vibe from the first one was, now we're down in the sewers, and it's just not as fun anymore for some reason. Yeah. Actually, though, when they get to the place where... Uh it landed i thought that set was really beautiful like i was yeah, like you know they, they, they made it look very alien and i liked that like i like that they they actually ran with that you know mm-hmm. um I, I think talking on the scene in order is silly because the whole ritual thing was really dumb super dumb yeah again a little bit racist um <laughs> uh, just, just little you know, like, let's, uh, I honestly can't believe Stevie let them do that. Um, but again, like, oh, yes, the the ethnic people are going to save us. Um, um, and then we found that they all died anyway. Um, I mean, maybe they were just trying to say this happened so long ago and these are the people that were around at the time kind of thing. During yeah, time. and when they did, you know how they did sort of like the Harry Potter uh, thing like they did with the Deathly Hallows where they did sort of like the paper cutout puppets? Mm-hmm. That was cool. 
Yeah, that was a very good effect. But and and the thing is, I think there is reference to like the the native uh, tribes having history with it too, um, even in mm-hmm. in the book. But like, I just again didn't appreciate how that all rolled out. Um, it was dismissed very easily and fast. Yeah, and it was just so ineffective. Like I, I don't know. I just I feel like that was just a waste of a scene of like them holding hands and doing this and that I feel like there's a way they could have done the ritual of Jude more like it is in the book. Mm-hmm. Um because okay, so for example when uh Richie, so to say Yippie K and uh gets oh. sucked into the deadlights like that, just like snapped out of nowhere. Like one, mm-hmm. if it could do that, why didn't it do that earlier? But two um, at first I was like, oh my god, are they going to do the real ritual where it's a battle of wits? Because that was Richie being sassy and the clown being like, oh, you motherfucker. Like, I was so ready yeah. for that to, like, be the actual ritual where it was a battle of wits instead of a battle of wills. Mm-hmm. Um, it was entertaining. See, and, and there, there's a lot of times where it seemed like Pennywise isn't as powerful as he is because you would think something so sinister <laughs> Yeah, you would think something so sinister and scary could just off them whenever he wants, you know, just like nothing. Well, I think overconfidence was part of defeating Pennywise, though, is that, or defeating it, because he toys with them. That's where he gets pleasure prior to destruction, is toying with these things. And so I think he was overconfident that there was nothing they could do to defeat him. Yeah, because he, you know, he, I think they describe it in the book as his... He likes the taste of fear. It's akin to salting the meat kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I really, I actually did like when um, he subdued Richie as easily as he did because yeah. that shows his power, but they don't really draw from that often enough. I feel they didn't. Yeah. Uh, they didn't make him feel as threatening as he. As he really is. Can be. But that was yeah, the thing. Definitely. That's why I thought maybe it was the battle because the way they just sort of like snapped into each other and it was like, you know, Richie being not afraid and being like tough and sassy. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is going to be the the battle of their minds kind of thing. Like, I didn't think they were going to show like, you know, the the sliding along like the cosmos and the turtle. And like, I didn't think they were going to go there, but like some sort of like battle of 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 minds was going to mm-hmm. be there, but it wasn't. Um so I, I do like that his 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 um, actual being or presence was just those three lights. I thought that was a very it was a, subtle way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, way better than trying. Like they still yeah. did the spider without doing the spider. Yeah, which I felt was obviously a lot more effective in this one than it was in the original one. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I shouldn't even say the original one, the miniseries. So let's go to their own little journeys down the tunnels. Uh, let's start with uh, with Bev and Ben. Okay. Have we not gotten to your jump scare yet? Did we pass it? No. Nope. Are we coming up we're, to it? We're getting there. Oh. We're going to leave it for the last the last tunnel we talk about. Oh, um, okay. Bev and Ben. Um, I I did like uh I liked Bev's sequence in the in the bathroom stall. I thought that was really good. Um, it was funny. Yeah, and I, and I liked the I actually liked the here's Johnny line. Yeah, that was funny. I thought that was, I thought a it was good I like that. Yeah. Um, I didn't really care for Ben's just I mean they never really bring up claustrophobia like why would he have built a clubhouse like that if he was claustrophobic I th- I think that what I, I, yeah I initially didn't like it but then when Pennywise is talking to him saying you know basically you're gonna die alone his, you're gonna die alone and that's that was just kind of him being buried alive dying alone kind of thing um, but 
I don't know, I feel like they could have done that a little bit better. And I didn't, it, to me, it got very uh, sappy when he was trying to call out to Bev by reciting the poem. That, I to love me was, you. You don't know her. It's too. been 27 years. Yeah. And uh, I just feel like that was kind of a little much with him reciting the poem and whatnot. It's That was a very, uh, to me, it seems like yeah, but <laughs> I think something we forget that kind of would belong in Titanic. It comes up in the book, though. It comes up a lot. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like that, I don't know. Um, Somebody brought up, though, that, you know, like Bev and Ben reaching each other through the doors like that reminded them of um, pulling Jake into Midworld. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, visually and aesthetically, like, I would totally be, I would totally watch a a Muschietti version of, like, any of the Dark Tower books. Oh, definitely. He has a much better vision than, uh, I mean, not. Well, because he still used, like, yes, they tried to make a blockbuster movie, but I think he still used, like, horror movie aesthetic visually. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like you have to go in with sort of, like, almost like an indie visual or a horror movie visual for the Dark Tower books, even when they're not horror. Mm -hmm. So, but that could be a whole other thing. We should not get off on this tangent. We will not come back. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Um, I will say, though, I did get a vibe like this was going back to Christopher Nolan, it, it, this movie almost felt like if Christopher Nolan did a full-on horror movie, it was it would be kind of like this in a way, just because, like I said, all the all the sweeping shots, all the kind of going down rabbit holes and such like that. It could just seem like a almost like a horror version of Inception in a way. Yeah, yeah, I could kind of see that. Um, and then we get uh, no, let's talk, no, let's talk about Bill first. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's too cheesy uh, for me. I, yeah. Um, I thought it was okay up until he started talking to his younger Yourself, self, even yeah. though it, even though it was, I mean, pen- then he also, was it Pennywise? Yes. Cause he shot his younger self in the head. Yeah. Um, up until that, it was just, it was just fine. Like it wasn't anything great. It was just okay. And then, and then from then on it just, yeah, like I said, just a little too cheesy, a little too sappy. Yeah. Okay, so this was my jump scare. Was that mm. fucking Pomeranian? <laughs> really? And you know, the really funny thing was, is I had seen kind of a spoiler about a Pomeranian. I was like, why is there a Pomeranian in it? And then I heard them <laughs> earlier say something about a Pomeranian. Like, I hope it's puppy. <laughs> it's Pomeranian. And I was yeah. like, oh. And so then when they open the door and that freaking dog is there, like, I was expecting it to be a true fake out where they're like the dog, when he tells the dog to sit and the dog sits, like, that was just going to be a dog. And that then they were going to close the door and go down the door. That's so scary. Um, like, I was so sure that the dog was going to be nothing. And then the dog mm. freaking morphed into a monster. And I was like, oh. like I stopped expecting that one. Because oh, then, like, I, I jumped and then I just laughed so hard because I have my own personal problems with Pomeranians. Like, oh, not Pomeranians. <laughs> No, my well, a guy I that I was friends with from high school, um, his family had a Pomeranian named Miles, and Miles was a bitch. <laughs> um, Pomeranians are super mean. Like, they have their people, and then everyone else is the devil to them, so they act like mm-hmm. a devil to them. So, yeah, yeah. like, Pomeranians are terrifying. Um, so, when it just turned into this, like, monster dog, I was like, ah! <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not, I was not ready for that one. Um, okay, for, per- for that, personal experience, I'll give you a pass on that. But that scene was so good, though, because, like, it was just Richie and Eddie bouncing off each other. It was both scary and funny, which is a hard line to walk. Um, yeah. But just somebody likes, like, where is my shoe? And I was like, oh, Betty Ripscomb. Like, that was really sad. <laughs> um, and then, like, oh, we just go down the door that's, our, that's our normal scary. 
It's like, yes, yeah, that's, that's real life. Um, that's, but yeah, that Pomeranian man. That's how I knew something was going to happen because they're, they're going back and forth. It's going on a little too long. And that's when I was like, okay, well, it's obviously going to change. And like, right when I thought that is when it happened. And then I didn't catch this the first time, but I like when they slam the door and they're running away and, and Richie says, next time we just oh, pick regular scary. scary. And, and Eddie just goes, next time. <laughs> and it gets the next time. Oh, yeah, I didn't, re- I didn't notice Eddie said next time until I saw it the, the second time. Yeah. Uh, um, and then we don't, yeah, we don't get. We don't get a Mike scene. No, yeah, we don't, huh? No. I mean, is that when we see Mike's parents or is that earlier? Uh, I think that is, that's earlier when. Um, oh, when he finds the book before he's attacked by Bowers. That's when we see that. Yeah. I mean, at that point, so. Mike's biggest fear and the thing that's freaking him out is that, like, he brought them all down here and now they're all going to die and it's his fault. So I kind of get that. And, yeah. And it's looking like it's heading that way for <laughs> yeah most of that scene. Um, oh, so, and, and then, you know, when they finally face off with it again and their plan, mm-hmm. um, well, let's circle back to Eddie, but let's talk about their plan and how they're going to defeat it. It feels like this. It feels like this is how the '90s movie should have ended. Of there's other mm. ways to make people feel small. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like I'm glad it was effective. Like when they're all just in there, circle yelling, "Clown, clown, clown!" was like both creepy and awesome. Yeah, and you know, oh, speaking of which, I meant to actually make this a note. I'm glad I remembered. Was there's kind of a whole theme an overarching theme in it about bullying and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that then was... Then they turn around and become bullies. That, but also it's not necessarily them bullying the bully. It's them standing up to the bully. And, you know, there's... You know, I've heard things of people telling uh, kids, like, you know, if a bully's being mean to you, you stand up for yourself and, you know, they won't mess with you because they're not expecting you to defend yourself. And... So that's kind of where my mindset was, was, oh, now they're defending themselves and fighting back and he doesn't know how to react because they're no longer scared of him. Yeah, that's true. Like I, in the moment, I really liked it. It was only reflecting on it later where I was like, now they're the bullies. Like in the moment, I felt like, oh, now they're the bullies. Like they've, they've become what they were fighting, but like, it still was very creepy and, you know, they, they stuck to it where they rip out its heart and squish it. Mm-hmm. Um, um unfortunately i feel like i had a bad theater because this movie did have a handful too many jokes in it and there was i feel like kind of a tonal problem overall like yeah is it supposed to be a funny scary movie it was supposed to be a scary movie. funny movie yeah. kind of thing you know so when he shrinks and his and he leans back on the the rock or whatever when his face kind of morphs like the theater just erupted laughing and i was like let's this this isn't a time to laugh people Mm-mm. no it was not <laughs> a know? time to laugh no one in my theater yeah. laughed yeah I, I don't know if the whole theater erupted but there was definitely uh, audible laughing but I, I thought that was cool that um who did it was it mike that reaches in and rips out his heart i don't remember i don't I, think it I was think it, mike it wasn't mike hmm I do like that, um, you know, Richie being so pissed off over what what just happened to Eddie, you know, finally goes and helps them out and just walks in and just rips one of his arms off like it was nothing because he was so pissed. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. I thought that was really good. Um, yeah, I, 
the thing is, I think in the book, doesn't he rip off one of the legs and they stab him with it? Oh, like, maybe. Isn't that part of how they defeat it to get into its heart? Because that's why they start talking so. about the thing is like the anything's governed by the rules of its form. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that like it can be killed by its own self. Like I don't know. I wasn't sure where they were gonna go with that. It's not what I expected where they went, but like it's effective in the moment when you're like swept yeah. up in the story. It totally works. Like upon reflection, it seems really weird. And I thought it was kind of even funny that when Richie goes in there and rips off his arm leg thing, they even cut to a shot of Bev and even she kind of gets like wide eyed and like, whoa, holy shit. Yeah, you Richie's know? pissed. Yeah, he was not happy, which none of us were. No, none of us were. <laughs> are we getting to Eddie or are we waiting? Yeah, let's talk about Eddie. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, in in the books, in pretty much in any uh, version of this story, um, if Eddie isn't my, f- I think Ben is my favorite loser, but just as a character as a whole, I think Eddie is probably my favorite. Um, and the two times I've read the book, each time I get to uh, Eddie's death scene, I always get very angry as I'm reading it and then get very weepy after that. Yeah. Um, kind of the same thing happened. I, kn- I knew it was coming, but as soon as it happened, I think I might have yelled shit because i I heard i heard the whole theater gasp which i was kind of happy about that they didn't either i'm assuming they didn't know it was coming so i was kind of happy that that was a surprise even though it's not a surprise to any of us that have read the book or seen the miniseries yeah i just love hearing him like the he brought back the idea that like if you believe it's powerful because you know like this this thing kills monsters and he threw it's like i almost killed it i almost killed it and you guys are like oh because the thing is and this will make sense the further we get into this conversation I thought of the quote as he's dying. Like when that happened, mm-hmm. he said, like I saw the quote and I was like, man, because it's such a good Eddie moment, like in the book, because he's, it's right after he decides to stand up to his mom and she's like, they're bad friends. And you know, there's no good friends or bad friends. Like, and I was like, mm-hmm. man. And so like, I'm thinking that quote and how much I love it. And this is happening. And I was like, man, Eddie, like sometimes I forget how good you are. Like, yeah, you know, when I read it for the second time, I realized how much I took in about Richie the second time around. Mm -hmm. Like Richie's moments where he realizes that he loves his friends and he loves Bill for someone who hides behind humor and uses humor so much. Like that's deep, you know, but man, like Eddie is such a sweetheart, you know, like a a little squished down sweetheart. And that just made (laughs) it so sad. Like it was hard. Like I, I teared up a few tears fell when Eddie actually mm-hmm. died on screen. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be upset about this later. Little did I know how really, truly upset I was going to be. Like <laughs> we get to credits and I'm like crying and Joey's like, do you want to go? And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was doing, I was, gonna say, I was doing fine. Um, up until, uh, you know, they they had to try to pry Richie off of him and he keeps yelling at them that I can't leave him. And then they get, up top and he's still trying to run back in there after him and then when he breaks down when they're in the, the quarry. quarry I like Lake that they thing. went back to that that visual yeah, that, that was in the quarry cool. together. I like that. It, see that was another part that bugged me that I had a bad crowd or maybe I you know it's attributed to the tonal inconsistencies in the movie was when um Richie first started crying the theater started laughing cuz I'm assuming they I don't know why they thought it was a joke but like you know he lets out his first little weeping sound and they all like they kind of just chuckled and I was like, this isn't a funny moment. This is a funny moment. And I love that. I love that they circled back to that. And then all of them like 
talked about Richie, like they remembered him for a minute. Like that was really nice. Well, yeah, but when but when Richie starts crying, that's when they started laughing, and that's I was like, weird. That's, "That's not a that's not a time to laugh." Like I'm assuming it's just maybe because of the weeping sound he made, but still, it's like it's not a this isn't a moment to laugh. That's that's when it got me. Um, like I was already. Oh yeah, sad. I definitely I mean, cried a when, little more then too. Yeah, when he didn't want to leave him, and I was like, "Okay, we're fine." And then they started talking about him in a very like happy way, but then Richie broke down crying, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but props to bill hater this yeah he did the, so the, good the whole movie yeah and i don't think there was ever any doubt that he wasn't gonna do a good job oh yeah for sure he was good casting um and then we get the we get the famous quote that <sighs> is i was so upset like i was like okay so bill typing it reminded me of stand by me like immediately mm-hmm. but i like yeah, okay no. so he's typing and then i saw the line that he's typing and i was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, like <laughs> Lots are crying like my hands are over my face i'm crying oh, oh it was so bad like i because i tell joey all the time like that my next tattoo is gonna have something to do with that quote mm-hmm. and uh and, like so i was just like full-on crying and then like they call each other like oh i love you i was like oh that's cute um mm. but yeah like no i totally lost it and he's like the end of the first chapter and i was like that's in like the middle of the book because you know i'm a purist at the weirdest of times yeah, um, but you know, at least they included it in a very, yeah, in a very good way. Like I love that so much. I feel like people don't talk about that quote from this enough. No kidding. Um, did you like Stan's letter and the inclusion of it, or no? No. Mm, I. I don't. I don't know because I'm like I said when I read the book, I'm just mad at Stan. I'm like, how could you? How could you leave him like this? Like I know that you know even more than they do, more directly what they're truly up against. But like, how could you leave them like that? How could you be yeah. so weak? Which is a really crappy way to think about it. But I know that it makes me angry. Um, and I know I can think about it that way because it's not like someone who's who you know, completes a suicide because they're mentally ill is not the same thing as someone is what Stan did. So I just want to mm-hmm. clarify that. Um, but like when I see him in the, in the film, I feel so much more empathy and like his fear and just how like soft he is. Like Stan is like soft, like trademark soft. Um, yeah. I just, and, and as strategic as Stan was, like, I just feel like that was, a weird choice. Like, I feel like they talked about him like that, but I don't think Stan ever talked about himself like that. Like, I don't know. What did you think? I, I, I don't like that. They, the reason for the letter, I like the idea of it. I don't like that. He was like, Oh, I did this to unite all of you. And it's like, well, we made that promise. We were going to come back anyway. And Stan dying did I, not unite them. If anything, it made them even more separated. Yeah, see, so like it did not it, that, that purpose. Ne- negated the whole thing. Yeah, and like so, him but I saying mean, if, I wasn't brave enough to come back, so I removed myself from the game board. If you're reading this, it means that you made it. I love you, losers forever. Would have been mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, had he just admitted, like, hey, I'm I'm not cut out for this, but you guys are kind of thing, you know, and I know you'll make it or something like that, you know. Yeah, not just oh, this is gonna help you. Like mm, it really didn't <laughs> no it didn't help them at all um and did you like the whole richie going back and carving their name the initials in the bridge yeah i thought that was fine was that, I, I i did like it i just don't know if that was where they should have ended the movie um no 
Um, uh, also, I, speaking of I, quotes, mm-hmm. the quote they ended the movie on, they changed the real quote, and I don't mm-hmm. like that. Because they make it in, like, losers stick together, like, whatever. I was like, mm-hmm. why couldn't you just do the real quote? Like, stand, be true, all the rest is darkness. Like, why did you have to leave that out? Yeah, because that is really good. And that's such a famous quote from the book, too. Like, because mm-hmm. that's not even in the book itself. That's in Stephen King's afterward, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming I can just go next door and grab my book and look, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it is it is kind of hard to end that movie, especially since they did nothing speaking of which they did nothing with audra or tom i think we already talked about that but you, you either know, had to have could... both or neither y- yeah exactly um also speaking of the stand i forgot to mention this in the beginning uh i don't like that they stand suicide scene was very very underwhelming and they did one quick shot of like a barely a second of him being dead in the tub with it written on the wall like it was almost a blink and you miss it shot you know that was which you know that's a big thing in the book of his wife discovering him and nah, I'm okay with that. on the wall really yeah. oh man i was kind of bummed that had, if anything had they just lingered on the shot for another second yeah um, i, I rather than just a blink and you miss it pulling in the wife and doing all that like nope we didn't need that yeah i mean we didn't, like i said we didn't necessarily need that but at least show that shot a little longer to know why he did it which was well to help them out but it was really because he was scared shitless and he couldn't face it again yeah and you can just barely see it <clears throat> written on the wall and then that was it yeah but um for all we know that may not be the end of the it movies because there's talks of a prequel i doubt it'll happen even though this one's hopefully gonna make a lot of money but yeah, no, Preco would be stupid. <laughs> I mean, it, if they came up with an extraordinary idea, I would be up for it. Um, but it's... And I and I would go see it regardless because I'm a whore for this book. So... <laughs> Truth. You know. Yeah, absolutely. But it's... Yeah, it's definitely going to be really <laughs> hard. Um, uh, okay, well, do you want to do like an overall out of five rating? Not yet. I had two more things I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, do you feel like the Bill, Ben, Bev tension was too much? Like, do you feel like they went... I, I feel like they didn't really do a whole lot with it, honestly. Yeah, I, mean, cause... I felt that way, too, because I was like, you know, uh, Bev and Bill were attracted to each other. There was something there. Ben mm-hmm. was sort of unrequited, and now he's going through the process of actually telling her about it, and her you know, being sort of aware, but not wanting to be aware and like that whole dynamic changing because they're adults. But, um, my husband was like, Oh, like that was just so much. And I was like, really? Like, I don't know. Maybe I was expecting it because I knew that that happened in the book of like seeing Ben notice how she's still drawn to bill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, it, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was, but you didn't think so either. No, I didn't think because, don't they kind of argue over it in the book too? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, um, like it's just it's yeah, sort of like it, an undercurrent of another love story that's going on while the rest of it's happening. Like Stephen King does it all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I I do like that. There's that 
final shot when they're looking for Richie's glasses and you know and, and we Bill's kind of like I think I see him here and he like notices that the two of them go into the water and he kind of just does that little smile like just kind of accepting it you know yeah because like he gets to go home to a wife he presumably loves even though if this was the book he cheats on her <laughs> yeah you know but um so I feel like that was you know in the whole time he's kind of looking at her with you know a longing feeling but um but it's sort of like if you like it. see like a high school boyfriend like a mm-hmm. high school person yeah. you dated later you're like where you still like feel fond of that person and like you get what you're attracted to them but it's not anything deeper than that mm-hmm um, um, the other thing was, is how did you feel about Pennywise in this visually or from an effect standpoint? Kind of the same way I felt in the first one. Like there's no, there's no denying that Bill Skarsgård performance wasn't top notch. Um, but like the first one, I felt like the more you saw of him, the less menacing he became, I think. I think to me, his scariest scene in this whole movie was under the bleachers. Um, under the bleachers, yeah, and that was under the bleachers was the least CGI'd moment. It was just Bill Skarsgård mm-hmm. in makeup until he turned into teeth and started eating her. Yeah, like all these other moments, like his face was just not like Bill Skarsgård can do crazy things with his face. Yeah, you don't no need special effects to make him do stuff. Like, have you seen that meme going around already about Bill Hader and his eyes? Oh moving? yeah. Like mm-hmm. you, this guy has a weirdly somehow still really sexy when he's not in Pennywise makeup, but a weird <laughs> face. He can do stuff with it. So yeah. the fact that they, I don't know, they kept making Pennywise like really big or his face doing weird stuff or like all these things that you knew were digital was really kind of disappointing. Like I, I didn't, I thought Pennywise was pretty decent in the first one. I yeah. was kind of disappointed in this one. I was like, I, I could see the, the effect more than the menace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Like, I felt like when he was taunting Ben in the school, you know, when he comes out of the locker, I felt like that should have been much scarier and not to knock Bill's performance. It was just the portrayal of Pennywise, like the way they made him in that scene wasn't like I could probably Very menacing. close my eyes and hear his visual performance and or his verbal performance and imagine something scarier than was on screen. Yeah. And yet somehow, circling back around, I still felt good when I left and I still liked it. And I will watch it again and I will still have positive feelings about it. Oh, definitely. Well, because um, I think the one there's moments there's things that are just funny, but the dynamic between the adult actors I feel like was definitely there like seeing them laugh together and make jokes like how good their vibe was in the Jade of the Orient scene carries like carries over so much goodwill for the rest of the movie because you see all these little like in jokes and attachments and how the last thing Eddie says is I fucked your mother (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) just that stuff like I don't know and there's just a lot of like weird little references to the book all over this one like I feel like in the first one, they were trying to make a movie of a book some people have read, and now they're like, okay, we know the fans are going to show up, so let's throw things in there for the fans. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think overall? Overall, like I said, other than the other than the tonal inconsistencies they had, it was too funny at times, not scary enough at times. It, Like I said, it didn't know if it wanted to be a... Um, a funny scary movie or a scary funny movie um but the the good in this definitely outweighs the bad everyone's 
performances were good, even if the treatment of the characters wasn't uh, as good as it could have been or should have been. Um, and then too much CGI aside, too many jump scares uh, aside, um, the it, it it was very good. It I don't think it was as as good as the first. The first mm-hmm. I feel like might go on to kind of be a modern classic in a way mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know it's like a horror version of stand by me and we all know we don't care who you are you love stand by me and it, that's sure. going to stand the test of time mm-hmm. whether the whether chapter one stands the test of time i don't know um i definitely could stand for this being our our it and we don't get anything else from it for a while uh, you know no other <laughs> adaptations for quite a while yeah um you know maybe we'll be Uncle Stevie's age by the time the next one rolls around. Yeah, at our 70s sounds good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the, the good definitely outweighs the bad. It was a very valiant effort for a book that should have been almost impossible to adapt for not only for its length, but just its interweaving timelines and so many stories going on at once. And just, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I think they, for what is possible, I think they did very well and i think they did try to be true to the core of the story yes definitely you can i feel like you can definitely tell if not just the director everyone was in some way shape or form uh a fan of if of not if not the book then just of stephen king in general and they didn't want to do bad by him yeah i definitely agree with that um well as to not uh copy the losers club podcast where they give their ratings on a scale of red, right, red clown pennywise noses. clown noses um maybe we'll do uh we'll just do some red balloons maybe on this one yeah i would say four red balloons out of five yeah that's probably what i would give it to um and i would i, I only because i probably gave the first one uh four balloons and a and a half deflated balloon <laughs> four uh, balloons and a string <laughs> yeah, um, only because, like I said, I didn't care for as soon as they got down to the sewers. Everything up to that point was just close to perfection that is as you could get for uh, adapting the book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think for us, a very solid four, obviously, because I went and saw it again the very next day. It's, so it's not like <laughs> you I, know, I saw your story on Instagram and it. I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even be able to see it once and you'd seen it twice. I I wasn't really planning on going the following day, but um I had to be a I had to be up for work at four AM today and I was like, I don't know if I want to go watch a three hour movie in the middle of the day because then I'm kind of just waiting around to go see it and then when I come home I just have to go to sleep. So I was like, maybe I'll just go the next day. That way I have that whole that whole following day to just relax. Uh what did V think? Um I think she kind of felt the same way. She'd probably give it a four out of five as well. Um, because her and I were uh, bouncing off each other. We've been bouncing off each other for the past couple of days about it. Um, and she was like, shit, we need something to, to record this where we don't have to just go sit in the office on the computer. <laughs> uh, but I think kind of the same, pretty more or less the same thing. Um, definitely like the first one better, but that this one was probably just under par with that one. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, everybody I've talked to were like, well, these are inconsistencies or things we didn't like. 
Um, I mean, I for the most part, everybody I went with was fairly satisfied with it. Um, mm-hmm. So, have I told you the story about how we ended up seeing the first one? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, so uh, when we still lived in Illinois, Joey had a group of friends who would go to the movies and stuff and surround me like, hey, they're going to go see it. And I was like, yes, we're going. We're going to go see it with them. Um, <laughs> and so then Joey and I ended up sitting by ourselves because our, our friends were late and the theater was completely packed. It was the night it came out. And uh, I didn't know Joey was afraid of clowns until about three quarters of the way through the movie when I happened to look over at him and realized that he was covering his face. Um, oh, she's just straight up terrified. <laughs> so after we met up with his friends and our friend Brayton is the is uh, like the person who's most excited about it. Um, I'm slowly getting him to read Stephen King books. It's very exciting. Um, but, but we made this joke about how we're going to like go and we can we were going to make Brayton come up and go with us. And we we're going to hide behind his biceps. Um, cause he's a very muscular person, <laughs> but it's also, I was surprised Joey even agreed to go at all. Um, that he, he even wanted to go with this movie. So I, like, I'm still shocked that he made it through. It was mostly okay. There were a couple moments where he was just like, oh, I know something bad's happening. I'm just going to cover my face. Um, I'm really proud of him for making it through it. Um, so I, I'll be curious to see what Brayden thinks. He's the only person I haven't talked to yet who I think has seen it. Um, that mm-hmm. I saw the first one with, and so he's the only person who like I care about their opinion about this movie who I haven't talked to yet. Yeah. So, which it seems like the consensus for um, reviewers or um, casual moviegoers and constant readers alike all agree that it's you know it is good. Um, just not as maybe good not as, as good as maybe yeah maybe not as good as the first, but well, no, like it's the first n- nowhere so near unexpected. Yeah, you know, like I it, it just had this. It, I, don't know, I almost want to say classy, but that's not the right word. It just was, it was a very good representation of just filmmaking in general, whereas not the miniseries one wasn't because it had, it's so many restrictions, limitations. Um, so I think that's all we had really to compare it to. So we get this, you know, $50 million budget movie and we see it and we're like, holy shit, like this is what you can do with this good of a story, you know? Well, this good of a story, but also the idea that like horror makes money mm-hmm. because we will go see crappy, cheap horror movies because people like to be entertained by horror movies. So if you actually mm-hmm. invest the time and treat them like they are a mainstream film like they are a blockbuster like they are a big deal that investment pays off and you can make movies that aren't just cheesy cult hits they are legitimate films which i feel like it's really i i don't want to say it like that because i think that there is a lot of genre snobbery out there in the world but Mm -hmm. you know there's there's those movies you love that have terrible like effects and but you like the story or you you like the overacting or you know you you love these things in spite of their failures but i think it chapter one showed us like we could people will love this stuff if you if you let it have all of the access of you know what you think of as like a a film if if you if you treat horror movies like like they matter and like they're legit it pays off. Yeah. And then, cause yeah, everyone always looks at horror movies. Like it's not a form of art, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's so many great horror movies that, you know, I, I get only maybe not even a handful have been, um, you know, nominated for best picture at the Oscars, but it's always overlooked. But, um, 
there's like oh like I, I am still so ups- upset. Uh, you haven't seen Hereditary, have you, or have you? Sorry though. <laughs> Damn it! You cut out again. <laughs> yeah. No, I know this. I know the story of Hereditary. Um. Well, I was just really pissed that uh, Tony Collette was not nominated for an Academy Award because, my God, she was amazing in that. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's always looked at as just a you know kind of a throwaway genre, but it can really bring some powerful cinema. That's for sure. You know, and you kind of hope after you know Get Out got attention that people would be paying attention to the fact that scary stories tell us something about ourselves, like. That is always the best thing about Stephen King is that it's not about the monster. It's never about the monster. It's a reminder yeah. that human beings can be the worst monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why yeah. that's why I, I always hate when people only associate it. It's like, oh, it is about Pennywise the Clown. I'm like, no. Pennywise, Pennywise the Clown doesn't mean jack shit. It's about the mm-hmm. fact that there's a being that can pull out the very worst parts of people. And turn the people into monsters. Like that's the scariest thing about Pennywise is when he he can make the worst part of someone stronger and be his puppets and give into their worst impulses and it that's the most dangerous. You know, like what yeah. he turns Tom into with Henry Bowers, with Bev's dad. Like he knows what those secret little dark places are inside you and makes them explode. Because it's a reminder that people are who are, who are truly capable of horrible things. You know, Stephen King's worst monsters are people. Yeah, see, and I've always said the, I think I said this in my review of the It novel, was that um, Pennywise is, you know, is the scariest monster in that book, but the scariest characters are the adults. Oh, for real. You know, and... Yeah. Or, you know, just the... Just the regular people you know like you said like bowers and um bev's dad and they're just god awful people oh my god hockstetter is probably the worst of all of them mm-hmm. yeah he really gets <laughs> com- like the thing is it's a brutal chapter to read but at the end you're kind of like oh you got what's coming to you dude yeah it's the only time where you probably root for pennywise <laughs> like hell yes <laughs> yeah like kill this guy this guy deserves to die in the most horrible way possible and he does which is what i was hoping we would get with tom but we don't he's just quickly dismissed stuff yeah tom another terrible freaking human being yeah (laughs) i think uh i think a two-hour review of a three-hour movie movie is about is pretty appropriate (laughs) at this point we might might as well have just waited and done a commentary while watching it yeah yeah we're fairly close i think we covered Uh, good stuff though i think so too um that being said, I'm going to be first in the virtual line to, you know, buy it when it comes out on uh on digital because that's usually what I do with movies I really love, so yeah, I will be interested in uh director cut releases of either film if they do it. Cuz is there a director's cut of the first one? He he said there is um cuz I can see them doing like, you know, like a, a a two two DVD director's cut thing and it'll cost like 50 bucks and I'll totally want to buy it. Christmas. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I think he said there's also, you know, there's definitely a director's cut of chapter two because, you know, like I said, the first cut of the movie was almost four and a half hours long. Um, but I think he said he's also going to try to work on a super cut of both movies. Um, I don't know if that means cool. just 
I don't know if like that means just stitching. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that, if he's planning on just stitching the end of part one to the beginning of part two, or if he's actually planning on weaving everything together, uh, like the book and miniseries does, but who knows? Either way, I'll be excited. Yes. I would, I would look forward to that. But I, I right. started listening to the Losers Club review. I'm going to keep listening to that over the next couple of days. Um, it, it, I'll be it, curious really how it lines up to what we thought. Yeah, and their their ratings um, surprised me. So hopefully, I wonder if they'll surprise you as well. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe we'll have to come back for uh, Doctor Sleep in a couple months. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for that trailer. I started crying. I <laughs> I just watched it, uh, the new one, like just before we started recording because i didn't even know it had come out and i saw somebody talk about it and i was like wait what? Did, was doctor sleep not before your version of it uh because i got to see the new ye- doctor sleep trailer before the movie oh uh well i missed uh because we were 15 minutes late um when i came in uh all we saw was the the tenant trailer and then the movie started So, oh, wow. So they, wow, they showed it in your, they didn't even, when I went the second time, they didn't even show the new one in the second, uh, my second viewing of it. Yeah. So we got to see the Dr. Sleep trailer. I was so excited. Oh, shit. I started crying. It was great. Damn it. I was crying before the movie even started. So I was like, oh, Dr. Sleep. I still yeah, I just... am a little ambivalent about the, the casting of Rose the Hat, but I think the movie itself looks super good and I am really pumped for it. I, I kind of want to reread the book before it comes out, but I don't think I will. Maybe I'll yeah. get it on audiobook and see <laughs> not a fan of the book <laughs> i feel like i read it so recently that i don't really need to like i might skim back through but i think the major plot points are pretty stuck in my head i think i can't remember if i read it at the beginning of this year or beginning of last year i think it was beginning of last year but well because we did a we did a read along after we did the shining oh that's right huh oh yeah and i i bailed out because i had just finished it like a few weeks prior so that's why i was like oh shit i don't need to reread it again a few <laughs> weeks later you ditched the fam brad i know uh, well yeah that that was definitely fun and i am yeah, it's gonna be a great rest of the year for king because we'll have uh we'll have dr sleep we're gonna have um creep show uh towards the end of this year um castle rock next month we have mr mercedes this month which i still need to finish season two um i kind of abandoned it because it wasn't as good as the first but it's still pretty good yeah i'm i have to fit misery in there somewhere because i feel like i can't watch castle rock until i finish it Mm. did you finish it no no Uh... the the book makes me very uncomfortable (laughs) i know i it it's very claustrophobic, which I think is, you know, the power of King. But at the same time, like, ugh, I just like I would read it. and I feel like I can't breathe. Mm, I will say yeah. I did try the first time I tried to read it. I was pregnant, which just messes with your your brain chemistry overall. And I wasn't reading a whole lot when I was because I was so sick. Um, yeah. So I'm curious how I feel about it now and if it'll feel different. So I do want to I do want to try. I'm, I'm probably going to finish this month's TBR with a little bit of room. So. And it's a, it's a fairly short book, yeah. Uh, minus the minus the um, misery chapters, it's it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The misery chapters are rough. Yeah, <laughs> thank God King doesn't write full on romance novels. How do we know? Mm. How do we mm. know that he doesn't have a secret romance novel pseudonym? 
What if Stephen True. King was Nora Roberts? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That explain he, why you he like would him so much. Be the most prolific person of all time because she writes like a book a month. I swear to God. Oh Jesus! Uh, no kidding. That'd be so funny. <laughs> if only he could write. You know, if I, I just wish we were in the heyday of King. I think there was one year when he had shit. I think he had it, uh, Tommy Knockers, Misery, and Thinner all come out in like an eleven month span. Like holy hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a. Did you read that? Uh, interview that Johan posted today. Mm-mm. Um, somebody interviewed Stephen King, kind of said, asked about the Institute, and said, you know, do you feel like it's reflected American politics right now? And and he uh, said that he had finished writing the Institute before Trump was elected. And I'm like, man, he's got to be like publishing has to be like five books behind him or something. Yeah, no kidding. You know, because even then, like when he finished stuff, he's like he finished things and then like three years later they come out because this, the schedule of releasing Stephen King stuff is just so crazy. Yeah. I, I just don't get why we can't be back in that era of him doing three or four a year where now we get one a year uh, or, you know, one every 18 months or something like that. Well, Minus I, his little novellas in between. I kind of get why publishers would do that though. Cause if publishing is dying, he's pretty much like the, like, two or three tripod legs holding them up yeah that's true so they gotta kind of draw it out yeah okay well the cat is reminding me that i was supposed to be in bed a half hour ago (laughs) all right we gotta listen to we gotta listen to him otherwise it's gonna be hell for you over there yeah because he's like ready to crawl up and sleep on my face so (laughs) and the baby stayed asleep the whole time so we're very successful tonight there you go (laughs) well Thank you for joining me for uh, over two hours worth of reviewing a two hour and 50 minute movie. So exactly until next time, until next time. <laughs>